This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. People think like we have to microwave our mental and spiritual health. It takes, especially like we went through trauma. What do you do when you've gone through trauma or abuse or something? You don't get well in like a day. Right. It's time. And the deeper you've been hurt, I always say, the time it takes for you to forgive often relates to how mm. deep you've been hurt. You know, if it was like a stupid slight, someone cut you off when you're driving down the highway, that's one thing. But if someone's abused you or hurt you or traumatized you, it could take a lifetime or more. And then you mm. can get to the point where like, God, I want to forgive them, but I don't feel like it. So you're going to have to have help me and have mercy on me. What do you feel like when you are maybe at the back of a line or figure you're like the last one to do something? I know for my own kids, they hate being last, but maybe being last is actually an important spiritual discipline. In this really fascinating, helpful conversation with my friend, Marlena Graves, we talk about not only this idea about going last and how it's a helpful spiritual tool, but also what does it look like to take on the humility of Christ and actually find a more stable identity than the ones that we can do by pulling up our own bootstraps. You'll want to listen in to this great conversation with Marlena. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy Podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol, posturing, or shouting across the aisles. In each conversation, you'll get to hear my guests' wisdom, their laundry routine, and for this season, also their hustle habit. Let's find holy together. I'm excited to welcome to the Finding Holy podcast, my friend Marlena Graves, and we are going to chat about her book, The Way Up is Down, as well as kind of how it relates to a lot of themes in my forthcoming book, A Spacious Life. So thanks for being here, Marlena. Oh, it's a pleasure. I know. It's so fun. Marlena is like one of my favorite, like Jesus loving activists there is. So please go follow her on all of the following things and read her book. It's great. Thanks so much, Ashley. You are welcome. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, this question always trips me up because I feel like I do a couple of things. I'm in a PhD program right now in American culture studies, studying um, evangelical Christianity and inequality like race and immigration and how the, all those come together mm-hmm. and spiritual formation, um, which I am not studying at my state school, but I have studied in the past. So I'm an adjunct professor for spiritual formation at Weinbrenner Seminary. So writing the church and the educational institution is like a you know, three-legged stool of my life. I love it. And sometimes, like right now, the educational institution is taking precedent, right? I'm doing less writing uh, for, you know, of books and and articles. And I have uh, three daughters, 14, nine, and almost seven. And my husband, Sean, is a philosophy professor. So 
that's me and in a nutshell and different parts of those like I said things take precedent depending on what mm. is what my life is at the time so yeah you write in the way up is down. You talk a lot about, you know, kenosis, which is the Greek word for the self-emptying of Christ in Philippians 2. Would you help us like get our minds around that idea? Do you have a way that we can understand what does it look like to actually empty ourselves and how in the emptying are we full? Because this is the paradox of the Christian life. And I think probably a lot of us coming out of this pandemic feel very, very empty. So yes, <laughs> so that is a good observation. Well, when I do, I want to always give a disclaimer when I talk about this, because I know, you know, when I'm writing or speaking um, out of context, people don't know me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously not everyone knows me. Right. So <laughs> I'm not talking about like, if someone's in an abusive or toxic relationship that right. you just take it, that's not, at all. I don't believe the gospel. I, you know, if someone's in a, an abusive relationship, you know, get the help or be open to getting the help. I know it's hard to get out. Mm -hmm. So that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah. about like non-abusive toxic situations. Um, mm -hmm. so I want to say that out front, but you know, Jesus, there's the Bible, the new Testament is full of paradoxes where Jesus says, you know, the last will be first and many of the first will be last, you know, the greatest person in the kingdom will be the servant of all. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's been called the upside down kingdom. Henry now calls it uh, downward mobility, but um, it's really from Philippians chapter two, where Jesus says, you know, um, or Paul's talking to have the same mind as Christ Jesus. So he, Jesus was not about his self-aggrandizement um he was so he was deferential to other people mm -hmm. he was for the flourishing of creation for people for the world you know basically it's what we pray in um the lord's prayer thy will be done which is nice to pray nice to say harder <laughs> yeah. to live yeah um and so you know like um i'll give a really easy example of one practical way um that we can empty ourselves and it you know comes from dallas willard where he said he practiced the discipline of going last meaning or not mm. having to have the last word so if he was uh, i don't know if he wasn't he didn't use an example of an mm -hmm. argument with his wife uh, <laughs> but that's where you know theoretically you know, yeah his <laughs> wife is lovely yeah. um but you know it could be you know practicing the discipline of not mm. having to last word with my husband or my child or on mm -hmm. social media like that's really practical mm -hmm. um and you know i'll just quickly tell the story he told was he he was a professor of philosophy at uh, university of southern california usc mm -hmm. and he was in a classroom and at the end of class some student was just tearing into him and there was another student of his that after that happened after class was over uh went up to dallas willard and said why didn't you just tear into him like you mm -hmm. could have put him in his place because mm -hmm. you know so much more than he does obviously he was arrogant he didn't know what he was talking about why did you just <laughs> take it dallas mm -hmm. and um or dr willard <laughs> and, and dallas was like because i was practicing the discipline of mm -hmm. not having to have the last word um mm -hmm. that was that's a little example of self-emptying um, and you know like I think it's just not having to have your own way all the time it's very difficult like mm -hmm. especially if you want like you have a deep desire of your heart and the doors seem closed, closed, closed. Now they might be temporarily closed. I've had that happen in my life. And in my own life, like I could think of um, two couples that I prayed for 
for like six years for answers to prayer with employment mm-hmm. and you know difficulty I'm like lord this is taking a long time can you please <laughs> yeah uh, but it's hard when the life that we think we want is not the life that's manifesting itself no matter how hard we try yeah and so you know in the garden where Jesus said to the father in the garden of Gethsemane you know take this cup from me um he was self-emptying because he said you know this is my desire. I don't want this cup of suffering, I guess, or can we do it some other way? (laughs) But, you know, the answer was no, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so he had to surrender to God's will. Mm -hmm. And I guess the final, I mean, there's a thousand different ways that it can come up in our life Mm -hmm. uniquely. I think it has a lot to do with relationships and how we treat people and how, uh, but I just think that you can only really surrender to God if you think that God is good and has your good in mind because if you don't trust God why would you entrust yourself into and we all have to work on trust but why would we entrust Mm -hmm. ourselves to someone Mm -hmm. who has our good in mind Mm -hmm. so I think that kind of theology of believing God's love and goodness Mm -hmm. really can only allow us to surrender to him because if we're not really sure that God has our best in mind and I'm not putting anyone down because you're unsure right you got to get to the point where we b- really believe that God has our good in mind, because if we don't, why would we surrender? Right. <laughs> what does that look like for you? Tell us a little bit about your own story and that process of trusting God to be good and that he has your best in mind so that you could surrender. Cause I love how you open your book where oh, yeah. you're just like angry, angry prayers at God. Right. And I yeah. love that. I mean, because that, that, that a level of anger or vulnerability in prayer, right. Just like in our personal, like earthly relationships happens when there's safety, right. That we yes. were, yes. we're able to get angry because we trust that that person has our back. Well, I can, I'll give like a, just a general, and I do talk about this in the book a little mm-hmm. bit in my first book, a little bit, I'll just won't be, I won't give specifics, but mm-hmm. um, you know, when the, the fundamentalists took over the, mm-hmm. Christian college we were working at, I was really angry. God, I'm like, God, not only do I see lots of people see all these injustices, how they're mistreating people, how they're lying. It's documented. We have proof and they're getting away with it. Like uh, they're getting away with wrongdoing and, you know, over a hundred people know it, Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it's like a power play. And Mm -hmm. those of us that are, um, you know, we see this with pastors that mistreat people, you know, all that stuff coming out. Yep. Like the people that are being mistreated know what's happening. They whistleblow. We did that too. But in the end, you know, power crushed us because we didn't have enough money or whatever to pull, you know, we didn't have the power behind us. We're just Mm -hmm. staff and professors right? and not like owners of businesses or whatever. So I was, it took me a long time. I'm like, God, like, this is so unjust and not just me, lots of people were crushed and um, people had to leave their jobs, their their livelihood. And a lot of children of these professors and staff members were like, well, if this is what Christians are like, I don't want to be a Christian. This was like in 2011, 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, God, their like spiritual well-being is harmed because of how Christian, like children, you know what the Bible says? If, mm-hmm. you, if you do this to a child, you know, you should try better to tie a millstone around your neck and be drowned. Yeah. In the so it took me a long time because I'm like, Lord, they get away with it, get away with mm-hmm. it, get away with it. And a board member that was on the board that was um, 
when all the stuff was going down, he stepped down because he was the chair of the board. He's like, you and Sean and all the others did not do anything wrong. Actually, you're right about this. And they've been trying to do this for a long time, but you're just, I guess, what do you call it? The victim of wrongdoing. Yeah. Um, And so I'm like, okay. So even this person that Mm -hmm. knows a lot more than I don't know, wrote Mm -hmm. me on his own to tell me to justify our position. Yeah. Um, So I wasn't like in my head or any of our heads. Um, And so I was like, what on earth? But I mean, I had to yield to it, like Mm -hmm. not the wrongdoing, because I still said, you know, this is wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, because some people try to shut you up. Don't, don't be divisive. Right. And so don't say anything when something, anything then people are going to, I mean, at least there's a chance it could change and people Mm -hmm. will be getting abused. I mean, and I still get people contacting me in that environment telling me about the abusive situation Mm -hmm. and I feel kind of helpless, but Mm -hmm. I do encourage people to speak up. But anyways. So, so that was like in, now this is 2021. Mm-hmm. It took me like several years. It was very painful because not only did it have financial repercussions for mm-hmm. us, I mean, less income. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband was able to get a job, but we weren't able to have the same amount of income we did when mm-hmm. we were both working in that situation. Yeah. Um, it was very, uh, lost our friends in our community, saw other the hurt, like I mentioned earlier, that other people went through. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a disaster and caused by Christians. And so, I mean, I kept like fighting, like, okay, maybe we can do something. But finally Mm -hmm. I had to get to the point where like, this is what obviously God had allowed this. I'm not, I don't, I'm really careful about saying it's God's will. Um, Maybe evil triumphed in this, but Mm -hmm. whatever the case is, I still have to follow Christ in it and like figure out how to like, do I use all the material I have against these people to publicly expose them? what do I do? And there's a lot of stuff I did not use. Right. I, because I'm like, cause it's going to get to the point where I am trying to bring justice myself, you know, yeah. Lord says vengeance is mine. Mm-hmm. So finally I had to be like, this was a surrender. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have Sean, I have this information, you know, like documented information and other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see where it's gone down. And if I keep acting in a certain way, then it's vengeance. I'm trying to take vengeance mm-hmm. myself and yeah. it's not going to work out. Yeah. And also I had to like, um, I realized that I had hatred in my heart towards yeah. the wrongdoers because I never thought I was a hateful person, right? But when I see wrongdoing, not only towards ourselves, towards other people, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and hate, hate, hate is not like, well, I guess it can end up right in murder and killing. It does end up in murder and killing, mm-hmm. but hatred is like a great dislike. If you have a great contempt or dislike for someone and I'm like, I have a great contempt and dislike for the orchestrator of this yeah. <laughs> and yeah. his henchmen. So God turned it around and did work on me. I had to surrender. I'm like, okay, this is not going to change. So, I mean, self-surrender could be like, I have to, and I think you talk about this, Ashley, I know you do. Um, mm-hmm. You don't say it like this in your book, but like, what are the boundaries and situations of your life? You have mm-hmm. to accept them. Like something you cannot change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so how am I going to live within this new boundary and this new yeah. normal? But yeah. It took a while for my um, emotions and mm. my insight to catch up with my intellectual understanding, mm. right? Yeah. So I, I need to forgive them. I knew I needed to do things differently. I had to surrender to the new life that I was given and I was fighting for a while. Yeah. And I think it's just really 
a helpful reminder to remember that that actually is a process, right? Because I think we we want change to happen, you know, even spiritual change so much faster than it does. And so if we know the right answers or we we know our Bibles, we know we should forgive, we can then pile shame, right, on ourselves for not getting there as quickly yeah, as, as we would like to. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that story. I think that's a helpful way for help, for us to even picture, you know, how do I surrender to horrible situations at some point, knowing that God has my best. What would you recommend for someone maybe who finds themselves in that unknowing, you know, in that space of waiting, maybe they know the change that needs to happen. They can't make it happen. Or even just the state of helplessness, Mm -hmm. like that you're describing about, I know that I have all of this information, but I know that I, if I try to enact vengeance, like I will do damage to my own soul. What recommendations or encouragement might you have for someone in that middle space? Yeah, you know, obviously I think reading the Psalms and being in scripture, mm-hmm. being outside in nature for me, mm-hmm. but I rely heavily on other people mm-hmm. holding space with me. Mm-hmm. So like I'll call someone, you know, I'll give an example of a name someone might know, like Michelle Van Loon, mm-hmm. like a wise person. Mm-hmm. Or, or we have mutual friends, Ashley, that, you know, we talk to and stuff, mm-hmm. but I have to like confess, like, this mm-hmm. sucks. I know this is wrong. And that's what I was doing too. And, you know, people like to act, well, you know, I got it. You know, I'm trusting God, you know, I'm <laughs> like, yes, yes. But we need the cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. So for in that, I, I, and I uh, talked about this in my first book, I love Mark chapter two. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I mentioned, I don't, I mentioned it in my writings. I don't remember if I mentioned it in, in, in the way it was down. Isn't that funny? I don't remember, but I know you just like, I just say the same things. I don't know where it goes, but yeah. 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 Like I love Mark chapter two, where the friends cut open a hole in the roof mm-hmm. and lower the paralytic to the, or the, you know, the person mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Jesus. And I always say, sometimes I'm the person being lowered down to the feet mm-hmm. of Jesus. And sometimes I'm one of the friends opening mm-hmm. a hole to lower the person down Mm -hmm. and so I think great freedom says like listen I need you friends or people or even people that just wish me well like you know I'll even say something like vague on Twitter please pray for me I don't always say what it is but but I mean in person I do friends close friend my pastors Mm -hmm. please pray for me I'm having a really hard time just confessing it Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I really take James 5, 16, seriously, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, you know, there's times where, you know, like I just said, where, where we're stronger, so we can help Mm -hmm. others. And then there's times where we're weak and I'm like, call 911. Mm -hmm. I need to go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Really like spiritual emergency room or emotional emergency room. Tell my husband, my siblings to pray for me. And Mm -hmm. that takes vulnerability. But I think I had to work on that because for some reason, I, when I was younger, I didn't like to share the trouble I was going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I also wanted to share it with trustworthy people that can handle it. And I think that's one thing I would say. I mean, don't share with people right. that people are going to talk about you or just going to give you a platitude, like, chin up, you know, <laughs> like, right? deal with it. Yeah. Don't tell those people, right. but tell trustworthy, mature mm-hmm. people, not necessarily have to be Christians, but mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, it's uh, Christians Mm -hmm. and uh, people that I admire and trust to pray with me. And that's how I made it through just telling people. And, you know, I felt really needy. Like I'm having a bad day for four years, you know, like, (laughs) right. right. Yeah. Like the suffering that it entailed it, like you said, 
I like what you said about taking time to it like it doesn't like happen in an instant like people think like we have to microwave our mental and spiritual health it takes especially like we went through trauma yeah like what do you do when you've gone through trauma or abuse or something you don't get well in like a day right it's time and the deeper you've been hurt I always say it could take you like the time it takes for you to forgive often relates to how mm. deeply hurt you know if it was like a stupid slight someone cut you off right you know when you're driving down the highway that's one thing but if someone's abused you or hurt you or traumatized you it could take a lifetime or more and then you can get to the point where like god i want to forgive them but i don't feel like it so you're gonna have to have help me and have mercy on me Do you wish that you had some really practical starting points when you feel overwhelmed and exhausted by hustle and hurry? What about some pieces of scripture or prayer practices that you could use that would help you to integrate what you know about God to a sense of spaciousness? Well, I'm so excited because when you pre-order a copy of my book, A Spacious Life, you will get a free PDF download of what I am calling pocket practices that will help do just that, connecting what you know with how you live. I can't wait to share them with you, and I have a special treat if you are a part of the spacious community that kicks off in mid-August, you'll get those pocket practices for free. So head on over to aspacious.life. All you need to do is head on over to aspacious.life. There you'll see a quiz to help you identify your hustle habit. You can pre-order a copy of A Spacious Life and you'll be entered into the spacious community that will start mid-August. Plus, you'll get access to those practical pocket practices. I can't wait to take this journey with you. Head on over to aspacious.life for more. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible? or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. What do we do kind of in our current day and age, uh, you know, internet culture, everything is an instant you know, when we think about spiritual disciplines being kind of slower work or, you know, that maybe we take some of our pain or our desire for vengeance on Twitter, <laughs> right? How do we maintain maybe good boundaries online? Or, you know, if, we, if we're thinking about ideas of surrender, we're thinking about the ideas of our limits as being good. What do we do in, in you know, this day and age where everyone, <laughs> we want to 
yeah, mow down any limits and make sure that everybody knows how angry or right or justified we are online. <laughs> what does a Christian look like, you know, on social media these days? Do you well, you know, I really love your book, uh, both of your books, um, but this one in particular mm -hmm. <laughs> about the boundaries, because mm -hmm. I think you kind of drill down like on ex like my boundaries might be different than yours. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my life is different than yours, although we share things in common. Right. Yeah. So. One thing about social media for myself is I'll relate to when people mowing people down, but like, I don't want to talk. I'm not saying don't talk about stuff that you live, but I want my life to back up what I say on social media. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, hot takes or opinions. I don't like the word hot takes, but like, if you have an opinion on like Israel and Palestine, yeah, I don't know enough about the middle East. I know people that know way more than I do. So I'm like, well, I might have a sentiment about this, but like, I'm not adding to the conversation. Like mm -hmm. I care about human rights. I care about justice, but like, I'm not going to spout off on that issue, even though I have like leanings and I want rights for both the Israelis and the Palestinians. I don't know the details. So for right. me to say something on that, I'm like, I'm just kind of out of my depth. Right. Yeah. I, I lean more towards people. I know a couple of people that they study that they've been there. They know. Okay. So I'd listen to them. Right. I don't have to be an expert for uh, talking about boundaries. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to be an expert on everything because I am not, you know, <laughs> like, but no, there, I mean, but part of it is like, I think it's almost like we're expected to weigh in on everything now. Yeah. 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 So know your limits. Like, right. what are you good at? What do you know about? And don't feel the pressure to have to speak on something that mm -hmm. you have really should have no business speaking on. <laughs> right. I wish more pastors and other people did that, but. <laughs> Don't mm -hmm. more people on social media. Mm -hmm. But another thing is too, and, and you've heard this before, like I try my hardest to like to say what I would say in person. And there are things that I say in person that I do say. I mean, I do say yeah. on social media, like like if someone was talking to me about something, I'd be like, now come on. Yeah. But I do say that. Uh, and I don't think I'm holy or than thou on any of this, you know. Like there's right. times I'm like, I just need to, I'm like so mad that I just need to walk away. Yeah. And I just, I'm not going to respond, but thinking about boundaries, I was actually just thinking about this yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. There's some people and God bless you if you're one of them, you know, they can, and I'm thinking about certain people that are influencers or yeah, yeah. influencers or whatever, like they can get on Instagram every single day and talk about whatever. I'm like, I can't do that. Like yeah. that would be, and I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's too draining on my soul. Like mm -hmm. my personality, my soul, my life, you know, because I think like, you know, as writers, they're like, oh, promote your stuff, promote right. your stuff. I'm like, I think this person, I'm thinking yeah. about yeah. a person in particular, they kind of have that personality, but also that's their way of income, their main right. source of income. They have a huge platform. Um, maybe it's because they're, they have this personality. I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that would be draining on my soul, to, my soul. So I'm talking yeah. about my boundaries. Yeah to get on and have to have something to say every single day and just the level of exposure is too much for me. Some people could handle it better. Maybe they are not handling it. I just don't know it. Right. Um, so like with social media, um, as I was thinking, like what mm -hmm. you're asking about, I'm going to go to like my roots and who God's made me to be. Mm -hmm. like, like, I'm just not going to be able to do certain things but, you know, the drive is the voices, you know, share your message, blah, blah, right. blah, you know, get your stuff out there. I'm not saying that I, the things I do, I do naturally and organically. I think yeah. I'm to the point where like, I actually, I think I can say this honestly, I don't 
care. Like I care, like it'd be nice for, you know, certain benefits to come from it, but mm-hmm. I'm, what am I going to give up my life, my mental health, mm-hmm. my family just to what, sell a book? I mean, I want my books to do well, right. but I'm not, I can't like sacrifice all those mm-hmm. things on the altar of social media. And so I find myself drawing back a little bit, not because I don't like it. I love people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a little bit more into Instagram now. I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to do social media according to my personality. Mm. I'm like naturally more like my husband's like, you're a monastic. Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I like to be in quiet and silence and solitude and then come out. That gives me yeah. the energy to be able to do the activism mm-hmm. prayer, then activism is ba- bouncing back and forth. But I just thought today, you know what, I'm just gonna, or yesterday, I'm just gonna like try to proceed. And I have been proceeding, but even more as like mm. coming back to myself, like, you know what? being who God has called me to be within these boundaries and then the social media utilization for talking about the writing life and theology is just going to have to come out of that yes. yeah. because I can't do it like such and such a person. Right. I just can't. And I try, just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just contra my personality. Right. In the mouth. Yeah. That's just so helpful because when we, we have to know ourselves, we have to know how God has made us. And as you said before, too, we have to know that we have a good God who cares for us and has our best in mind. And so because a lot of times I think some of our transgression of boundaries or limits is because we have our eyes totally in the wrong spot, you know, yes. like everyone else or look at that one author and how they're showing up and have a huge platform or, you know, whatever kind of sphere of influence we we mm-hmm. are in, we can always simply compare ourselves to other people as a yeah. way. And then we, yeah, transgress the limits that God has for us as humans. We don't sleep, <laughs> you know, or we don't Sabbath. We're not praying. Like we're not filling up anything. Yeah, and I also always come back to John 21, where after, you know, Jesus was talking to Peter on the beach and mm-hmm. talking about his death. And then Peter looks over at John, you know, what about him, Lord? And just <laughs> what is that to you? Follow me. Like God's always saying that to me. (laughs) Follow me. You know, what about him? What about her? That's not fair. Yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Follow me. And so uh, I like what you said about boundaries with comparison too, because it could Mm -hmm. just drive us insane. I just love again that, you know, thinking about the boundaries in the space, spacious Mm -hmm. place, you know, what Mm -hmm. God has given for us. Like I cannot be you. I can admire you. I could say, go Ashley, which I do, um, you know, but like, I can't just imitate you, your life and all things because, and I'm not you. Right. You know, like I will be like, Marlene is amazing. She like has so much energy. She's in school. She's teaching. She has, you know, a husband and beautiful daughters. And she's also cares about the poor and she cares about justice issues and, we can encourage and cheer each other on, like you're saying, and saying, these are the boundary lines that God has given Marlena and he's given me different ones and they cross over in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And yet we don't have to feel like we have to do it all. And I think sometimes social media or even just our Western American culture, right? Says like, you have to do all and be all and work harder, faster, stronger. And your life has to always be going up and to the right. But like you were saying, you know, the way up is down. It's not this upwardly mobile western middle class life that's not the kingdom right and it's the way of jesus and so when the way up is down it's you know social media issues what we do with our money Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Um, that's a big issue Mm -hmm. and 
and like you said, you say, oh, well, you see what I do, but you don't see what doesn't get done, right? right. <laughs> you don't see what doesn't get done. So. Yeah. True. <laughs> people, right. right. In our lives, like, okay, so we're, you and I are doing this, but we're sacrificing X, Y, Z, this, because we can't do everything. Right. Right. That's so great. That's such, it's just such a good reminder. But so when you are not in, you know, your most healthy place with Jesus, where you can wait and surrender, what does it look like when your hustle habits kind of get out of whack and you start working a little too hard? There's a quiz on my website. Listeners, you can go and find it and take it easily at a spacious.life. And I talk about, there's four different ways I think that we tend to easily bypass our limits. We can tend to control them, ignore them, blame other people or circumstances or fall into kind of a shame spiral. So Marlena, what is your hustle habit? Well, I learned something by taking this. Yeah. Quick. Oh, good. Control is it mm. like more controlling and more, mm-hmm. I think I get angrier, like mm-hmm. impatient with myself, mm-hmm. my children. My, yeah. Like, you know, when it gets out of control, yeah, I get uh, out of control. <laughs> I yeah. get angrier. I want, you know, let's get this done. Hurry, 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 hurry. You know, yeah. like, um, and I don't like to be that way because I yeah. think that just, you know, that's my personality weakness. I mean, I'm usually late as an Enneagram that usually yeah. laid back, but I can be. Yeah. So I think I get like more um, militant about like, mm-hmm. come on, get yeah. you know, my schedule, go according to my schedule, everybody, mm-hmm. and not at your pace. And so, um, and I try to control things that I cannot control, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe that's why it took me so long. I don't know. I don't want to say reflecting on what I spoke about at the beginning mm-hmm. with that situation. I couldn't control it, you know, right. like there's only so much I could do. I could control myself, but I think all the other, you know, you can be right. like, have shame, like, okay, I'm not as good as this person. I think like what I see on the outside, I'm right. not measuring up to this other person. Right. I mean, no, I know. I I was like thinking, you know, I tend to, it kind of just depends on the day, right? <laughs> like, or like if, if blaming doesn't work, for instance, you know, because I, then I'll try to control things. Right. And if that doesn't work, then I fall into shame. And so it's all often, I think all of these different hustle habits are just one after another. They're ways, like you were saying, to not actually surrender mm-hmm. to who God says we are and the work he has for us in that moment. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I guess I'm a controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but there's good news, right? You know, it's that, that desire for control, right? Is a good desire probably for order, for justice. Yes. It just when it gets out of whack, then you get militant, get on your shoes and we're leaving in two seconds, you know, or, yeah, or yeah. whatever <laughs> with your kids. Well, as we conclude, Marlena, I would also love to hear your laundry routine. And the reason why I ask this question is one, it's so fun, right? To talk to people, because I think we can talk about all these big ideas and, you know, the idea of surrender, but like, what does that apply to our household chores and our tasks? I love how Kathleen Norris talks about laundry as ways that we can meet God, right? That we have to actually meet God in our real lives, in mm-hmm. the daily, in the mundane, in the chores. So what's your laundry routine? Yeah, if only my laundry was like my gardening, it's not. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> spend more time in the garden. Yeah, I was just laughing because this yeah. flows into what I was just talking to you about. Like, you don't see what doesn't get done. Right. Yeah. Laundry room right now. Yeah. Right. Um, and finally, I, I, I'm like, I don't have a laundry routine. Like, right. Okay, I don't need- really either, but Some it's always like, fun to hear. Yeah. They're like, we're getting it done on Saturday. We always do laundry. Like my mother-in-law, who I love, she's so systematic about things. You know, we need 
to get our laundry done and it's piling, you know, there's five in my house. Yeah. So finally I said to the girls the other day, I was like, I'm not doing your laundry anymore. You're mm-hmm. going to do it because nice. I just can't keep up because I'm in school. Right. Right. So I guess like, uh, like laundry routine, what laundry routine? <laughs> when Whatever. it, pile, I guess my laundry routine is like, um, when it piles up, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to stay on it. Let me back up. We do like do soccer laundry almost every day. Cause my yeah. girls are in soccer. Cause yeah. it's, Maybe I'm being overly dramatic, but I don't have like Saturday. I do laundry. Right. I would love to be able to keep it down and manageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to tell the girls like, you know, you, you just wore this for like five seconds. You don't have to wear laundry. You right. Know? Right. I try to like a white basket for clean, uh, you know, a blue, nice. blue, a yeah. blue one for dirty, but they didn't stay on it. And then we didn't keep them staying on it. Right. <laughs> so I know. Was- you know, I understand. I feel that. I feel that. So laundry routine. Like I like this makes me laugh. Maybe if we do the Instagram, I'll like show you my laundry room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there's like five baskets. Um, but it, I just instituted, you're going to do your laundry and I did kind of stay. And I'm, I also will pay. I'm like, I'll pay you to do your laundry. There you that's go. Hate. Laundry is like my, the bane of my existence. Um, maybe it's cause I can't control it. Right. Yeah. Or I could control it but it just keeps coming. Right. Yes. It's relentless. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, it's never done. There's no closure. So I'm probably not the best example. Of no, that's okay. What is, so what is it about gardening that's different from laundry for you that feels life, those sorts of chores feel life-giving? Yeah. Laundry is not life-giving to me. <laughs> like I do it because I have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, cause I want clean clothes. I do like clean towels though. I don't like dirty old towels. So yes. I, I think being out in nature, mm-hmm. cultivation of beauty, you know, especially with the pandemic, uh, we live on a corner lot and we have a, like a larger outside, like almost not quite a half acre, but mm-hmm. almost a half acre. So we have more land, two lots. Yeah. And I, uh, especially when everything was shut down with the pandemic, you couldn't go places, right? Mm-hmm. Just to the grocery store, but in the major part of shutdown. Like we were in our yard a lot because yeah. we couldn't go anywhere. Right. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I want to add more flowers. And I think cultivation of beauty, mm-hmm. just being out in nature and feeling like a park, like setting. Mm-hmm. I, I love, I said this earlier, I love being out in nature. I feel restored mm-hmm. and back to God. And I think that I do see like, oh, you know, like with the seasons or these flowers come up early in the spring and these like later on, mm-hmm. and, you know, I have to cut the deadhead stuff. So my, I just love, I've found that I love, mm. I've always loved nature, but I've found that I love like cultivating a flower garden mm. and really just pe- brings peace to me. And maybe the chaos of laundry does not bring peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not natural. <laughs> You're not like hanging your sheets out, you know, to dry or something, but yeah, maybe, no. may, maybe you could. Maybe you could yeah, that's little, true. I didn't think about that. That's laundry cool. line that might help. <laughs> That is maybe the solution. Oh, well, it's been a joy to speak with you. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, so honored to be on your podcast and so a fan of what you're doing, Ashley. So thank you so much. Thank you. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Marlena Graves. You can grab a copy of her award-winning book, The Way Up is Down, at the link in the show notes. And as we consider how to move forward from that great, rich conversation, I want to invite you to practice with me this season what I like to call pocket practices. And pocket practices are spiritual formation practices that are small enough to keep in your pocket. They're perfect 
for when you're feeling overwhelmed in the carpool pickup line, you're feeling stressed and anxious at the end of a busy work week, or you look at your calendar and all you feel like is you have so much to do and what do you even have to show for it? And so you long for a more spacious life, but often we think that that will happen once, you know, the calendar clears or we get a promotion or we take a vacation. And pocket practices help ground us in our real, actual lives and figure out how we can actually commune with God in our real lives. So this pocket practice that I would like to invite you into is a really simple one, and it is simply to write down the limits of your body. Sometimes our bodies actually tell us a lot about what is going on. You know, our stomach is knotted or our shoulders are tight. We're having digestion problems. And sometimes these things aren't, you know, simply maladies of our body, but they're actually show us a little bit about what our spiritual state is. So write down the limits of your body. Maybe your neck is tight and you have knots in your shoulder blades. And I want you to bring those to God. Simply bring it like a prayer. God, my shoulders are tight. I'm dealing with anxiety about the future. Or my feet hurt. Would you go before me? Help me to walk in your ways. And we are given so many beautiful metaphors in scripture, even about the body and how our bodies can actually clue us in to where we need God to meet us in his tender ways. So friends, I invite you to write down some limits of your body and to bring them to God, knowing that our limits are good guardrails that actually draw us into relationship with God, even in the painful parts of our bodies. So I'd love to hear how that goes. You can always find me on social media at AA Hales or find out more about the book at aspacious.life. And when you pre-order A Spacious Life, you can get those downloadable pocket practices for free and I have them on a little metal key ring I keep them in my car and by my bedside table to remind me that right now in this moment I am in God desires to meet with me and I can actually practice his presence Thanks again, friends, for being here. It is a delight and a treasure. I hope you'll subscribe to stay connected. And remember, friends, big things matter, but so does the laundry. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.